This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. And welcome back to some sort of the Clear Jets podcast. We're Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Michael, free agency officially underway. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Aaron Rodgers news to hit. At the time of this recording, it is still not even officially hit. By the time you're listening to this, I really hope it's hit. Uh, and we'll have a better idea on the compensation and we'll have, you know, we can take a breath. It'll be official that Aaron Rodgers is the Jets quarterback, but we haven't done a podcast in a week. There's been some news that's happened and Michael and I were like, you know what? Let's just go ahead, record a, a short podcast, talk about the news that's happened. It seems like Rodgers is happening as well, so we could talk about it. And then uh, presumably when the deal gets announced, if it's on Wednesday, if it's on Thursday, whatever it is, we'll record another one. We'll talk about the compensation. We can break it all down. But Michael, with that said, for agency underway, Joe Douglas off to a good start, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it was hard to kind of appreciate it while we were going through all the Aaron Rodgers uh, waiting process. But, you know, now that this has kind of gotten to the point where we're like, all right, this is going to take a little bit. It seems like it's still fairly likely. I, I think for me, at least, I've chilled out on it a little bit in terms of how much I'm stressing about it. And I was I was worried I was worried about you for there for for a minute. You were unhinged. I, I, I was worried about myself for a little bit because, I mean, this is one of the most bizarre situations I've ever experienced watching this team. And there have been plenty of bizarre situations. I know you and I were discussing this. You think it's not the most bizarre situation. Well, yeah, you said this is the most bizarre situation I've ever seen. And I was like, all right, they're starting quarterback. I, I think it out is. In the locker and room. I, I know there are good candidates. We got a quarterback getting punched. We got a mono. quarterback getting mono. We got a quarterback doing certain things with friends of certain family members. <laughs> so there have been some bizarre situations for sure. But I think what makes this one different is just like those things are, you know, they're weird, but that's just, you know, people doing things in life that happens. But this is just an unprecedented situation in terms of how it's covered and how it's played out. Because like you go back to last week, everything was going pretty naturally, you know, Carr signed with the Saints, which was on the table. And right after that, the next day, the Jets are flying out to meet with Rogers at his house in California. And you're like, all right, this is going well. And you don't expect the news to drop that same day. We figured that. So we're like, all right, maybe the next day it'll happen. It doesn't happen then. And you're like, all right, fine. Even that makes sense. By the end of this week, it should drop. And Thursday comes, you get that Diana Rossini report. And she's saying it's, you know, it's a done deal. Not it's a done deal. They're optimistic that they're very close to getting it done. You're like, all right, this is going to be the day. And Thursday goes by. 
Friday goes by and Saturday goes by and you're like, yeah, right, it'll be done by Sunday. It's got to happen by the time legal tampering opens on Monday. <laughs> and Sunday goes by and you're like, it's got to happen these next few hours. And then it's 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11, 12 gets there. Still hasn't happened. Whole day goes by. We got the Trey Wingo nothing. But Trey Wingo comes through and that was the, the moment of hope where you're like, this is going to happen. He tweets it and the Jets players are backing it up. You're like, just someone finish this off. One of those oh blue God. checks. I was just Rap refreshing. Schefter, come on, finish this off. Then they're like, no, hasn't happened. Like, what a roller coaster ride. It's been. Oh. Uh, Schefter, Schefter's taking live calls on, on. I know he does that, but he, he was walking off the set on the phone. I'm like, this is it. was actually the Greg Zerline news, most yeah. likely. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like just overreacting to everything, like based on Rogers likes and the players tweets, everything like we're up. <laughs> Rogers is definitely happening. Then, oh, no, Rogers liked a Razul Douglas tweet. Now we're back down to 80%. <laughs> so it's just been a crazy ride of emotions. I've been losing sleep legitimately. I've been getting up at like 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning. Well, you've interviewed Rogers, you've interviewed yeah. Rogers a few times. Yeah, I, I did interview Rogers a few times. He had some <laughs> interesting things to say. Uh, no, I did. Uh, if you haven't heard, I've done some AI what are you, what are voice. You using that? Uh, you want to reveal doesn't secret? reveal his uh, secrets. Okay. But um, yeah, I've used some AI software to make some fake Aaron Rodgers interviews. Let's let's hope that he hasn't listened to them. Yeah. It might scare him away. I I would be scared if someone was doing that personally because it's scary <laughs> I, how good and accurate it is. But, I will. Yeah. I mean, well, it, and it has all those we, weird inflections too. I mean, it it, it really does. does. It's very um, realistic. It's just it sounds like a real person. But um, yeah, crazy week. I've definitely gone unhinged at times, and I yes, I was worrying about my health, but after uh legal tampering like that day the first day went by nothing happened i was like all right i'm just gonna chill out and someone can text it to me or <laughs> something like that i don't need to refresh constantly it'll happen I, when it happens i think my, my thumbs are, are basically nubs at this point just from refreshing twitter over and over again this this weekend uh i feel like we should talk about some of the other moves that's that's happened uh there's some more stuff to talk about with rogers but Briefly, let's talk about the actual news, the new guys on the Jets. We'll start with Chuck Clark, the trade the Jets made over the weekend that we couldn't appreciate. And also Schefter, yeah, I don't know what never, he deserves. Never for forgiving tweet. Schefter for that. <laughs> the Jets have made a trade, and it's Chuck Clark for a seventh-round pick. And I know I, I didn't fans... feel like, though, as soon as I saw that, like there's no way that's actually yeah. the trade. He would yeah, lead into it like that. But still, like the, the gall on him to... <laughs> play with Jets fans like that in that moment. I know Jets fans were upset about being played with in that moment, but at once I got over the initial, oh, come on. I was like, damn, that's a really good trade for a damn good player in Baltimore. And Chuck Clark, who, by the way, is, you know, he was the third safety in Baltimore because they brought in Marcus Williams and they drafted Kyle Hamilton. But Chuck Clark has been a damn good player. He's incredibly durable. He's a leader on that team. He's a, certainly an upgrade, and I think he's a great fit. It also gives the Jets some flexibility to move on from Jordan Whitehead. I know some of the beat reporters have been uh, assuming that maybe they'll try to keep both of them in the fold. But to me, Chuck Clark is a strong safety. And I think his strengths are going to be more in the box. I know the Jets like to play a lot of quarters coverage with their two safeties. It'll be interesting to see how they, they use Chuck Clark. But a secure tackler, and you can put him in the box, and he's – He's uh, definitely going to be an upgrade, especially uh, in the run game. And I love his ability to, to man up with tight ends. I love this deal. I think we're going to look back on this trade, especially for the value. 
I mean, because we were talking about the Jets needed maybe even two safeties. You look at the free agent market, especially now that the Jets have, have missed out on, on Jimmy Ward, and, and we'll get to the other free agents in a minute. Uh, you look at the free agent market, what what they would have to pay a guy like Chuck Clark if he hit the open market, it wouldn't be the $4 million that he's going to earn this year. You throw in a seventh-round pick, and I just I love this move, Michael. So what was your reaction? Once you came down from the disappointment of the Rodgers news not being announced, how did you react to this? I think I texted you and I said, we're going to look back on this trade as, as one of Joe Douglas's uh, best moves. Do you agree with me? Yeah, this was a really good trade, and it was hard to appreciate at first. But then once you kind of let the dust settle and analyze it, you're like, I mean, I, personally, I think they got their starting strong safety in this deal. And we'll see what they do. But, I mean, there, there's a lot of cap space to be had with that white head cut, which it looks like they're going to need considering some of the moves they have in the works here. Um, so I, I think Chuck Clark is your starting strong safety. Um, I, I think he, he's what they needed at that strong safety spot. And I'm not going to sit here and try to act like he's a pro bowler or a superstar or anything like that. But I think he covers up some of the weaknesses that Jordan White had had last season that were part of the main reasons or among the main reasons that the Jets were, you know, the fourth, fifth best defense instead of potentially being the best. Um, the main thing is tackling. Chuck Clark is one of the best tackling safeties in the league consistently over the past few years. He's ranked near the top among safeties in terms of the lowest frequency of missed tackles. And Whitehead is at the top of that list for um, missed tackles last season. So that was a big issue. I think Clark cleans that up, especially in the run game. Um, and then in coverage, he, as you said, he gives you that man coverage ability in the slot against tight ends. That's something he's really good at. Uh, and, and the weaknesses are similar to Whitehead. He's not going to be a big-time playmaker taking the ball away. Um, his deep coverage, I think, is pretty shaky. That's probably the biggest weakness in his game. So um, that area might not see much improvement, but I think the things Whitehead was supposed to be good at, or at least was billed as being good at, he really wasn't that effective in those areas. And I think Clark is more proven at being efficient and consistent at those things, which is just the fundamentally sound cleanup stuff, making tackles in the run game, um, fulfilling your responsibilities, just filling gaps, things like that. Uh, so I think he's a very solid value for the trade and for the contract. And uh, if I were in charge, he would be my starting strong safety and I would cut Whitehead, but we will see what they do. So, and at the end of the day, you gave up a seventh round pick next year, $4 million cap hit. Uh, so it's, you know, not a huge investment regardless of what he does. So really like the trade for sure. Yeah, I really like what he brings to this team. I mean, I think the tackling alone uh, will really be beneficial for this this run defense. Uh, how many times last year did we see Jordan Whitehead fill the gap and and either get run over by an offensive lineman or, or miss the tackle? He had the, the brutal one against the Bengals on that third down where they called the blitz and, and he missed. Uh, I just, like you said, he's not going to maybe take the ball away. Uh, they still should add another free safety and uh, maybe that's the guy that they can maybe bring in as a ball hawk. But you look at the talent the Jets have in their back end, having a guy like Chuck Clark, who you know is going to be a damn good tackler, very smart player, you know, as I said, can fill against the run and can man up against tight ends, especially in the red zone. I love this trade. Tremendous value. Great player. If you hit the open market, you're paying him more. Uh, I just think this was was a fantastic move that flew under the radar right before free agency. But I really think by the time the season gets underway, uh, we're going to be very thankful that that uh, Joe Douglas brought in a guy like Chuck Clark. So that was one acquisition. 
And then the only other move that the Jets have made was today, we're recording this Tuesday night, uh, in Alan Lazard. Obviously, there's a lot of other news we're going to get to, but let's just talk about the two guys who are actually on the team. What did you think about Lazard? Because I think we we talked about him uh, last week and we were like, well, you know, you look at wide receiver contracts. Are you trying to pay a guy like Lazard $15, $16 million a year? Uh, he had Aaron Rodgers. His numbers weren't as good, but like the player, I just don't know if that's what the Jets would do. They should keep Corey Davis. You see the, the, the contract that Jacoby Myers got earlier today, and that gave me some hope. I was like, wait a second. I don't think this, this contract's going to be crazy. And then sure enough, it comes in. Al Lazard, it's essentially a two-year, $22 million deal. It's it's a four-year, $44 million deal, but really just look at the guaranteed money. And I got to say, Michael, I, as much as I love the Chuck Clark trade, I love this move uh, equally as much. And, and I'm not just trying to be a Joe Douglas homer. I really – there's some stuff to, to talk about. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not happy they missed out on Brendel and Ward or whatever. Some things are out of your control. But the two moves that they have made, I love both of them. So what did you think about Alan Lazard the more you dug into him? Well, I mean – to be completely honest, I'm not going to, you know, walk back what I was saying about a player prior to him joining the Jets because I wasn't very pro Lazard um, prior to him becoming a Jet. I've, I'm a huge Corey Davis guy. I was happy with him. And Jesus, what, huge Corey Davis that? guy. A huge yeah, I'm a huge Corey, Corey Davis, Davis guy. guy. Yeah, you're a huge Chuck Clark guy. Just you. It's just you. You're the uh, yeah. Okay. I Joe guess Blue so. is a big Corey Davis fan. He would back me up. Maybe he wouldn't describe himself as a huge Corey Davis guy. Do you think is this an upgrade? Do you think? Uh, all right. So here's what I would say. I think if you consider durability and also the you know familiarity with Rodgers and Hackett and you know what we know Lazard can do with those circumstances, I would say yes. But I think Davis, if if he could stay healthy for a whole season and project well with Rodgers and Hackett, if he hit his ceiling, I'd do think he does have a higher ceiling than Lazard, but um, you know what I was saying was I think going into this or going into free agency, I wasn't enthused about the idea of him because I was assuming he would get a lot more money than he did. I was thinking, you know, the wide receiver market has boomed every single offseason here the past few years. There were rumors of Jacoby Myers getting $15, 20000000 million a year, so I thought he was going to be significantly more expensive than Davis, but he comes in and gets – 444 and you know if i knew he was going to get that i would be much more open to it um and another thing i think that i was kind of uh, probably should have considered more uh, when i was thinking about him prior to free agency was you know this past season he was their number one guy in terms of targets and that's not the role he would be playing here he would be moving back into that role he was the previous few seasons where Devonte adams was there and he was a complimentary piece. And it was those first three seasons prior to last year, he was a lot more efficient in terms of what he's doing per target. And that's what he's going to be here with the Jets. Garrett Wilson is going to lead the way. And I think Lazard can be a very efficient, complimentary guy who's not going to get targeted a lot. But I think he could put up a very good number of touchdowns for the number of targets that he gets and get good chunks of yardage per catch as well. He has good chemistry with Rodgers and those go balls. Um, I mean, hopefully it's Rodgers. Let's not assume anything just yet, but um, he does have, have good vertical ability. I think he beats Corey Davis there for sure. And also, you know, just using his size, having the catch radius. And I think Corey Davis is a good contested catcher in terms of um, 
like if a guy is draped on his back, he's going over the middle, like those tight window catches, right. but in terms of catch radius. Like that fourth down against Minnesota. Yeah, like stuff like that. I think that's Corey Davis' specialty. Maybe he beats Lazard there because Lazard does have um, about average, maybe below average drop numbers. So maybe that goes to Davis. But the catch radius in terms of being able to catch a fade, adjust to an underthrown ball, stuff like that, I think you give that to Lazard. So he's good in the red zone. He's, uh, I think, good on vertical routes. And he's a great blocker as well, which Corey Davis is too. So if they do move on from Davis, which seems likely, I think Lazard can replicate what Davis does there. So all things considered, I think he can be a slight upgrade over Davis. But um, it's just the, you know, assuming they do get Rodgers, the familiarity and the reliability of what he can bring you since you've seen him play with not only Rodgers, but Hackett as well. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason I wanted to, to wait a little bit to see the, the compensation on the trade is to see if the Jets are going to send anybody back towards Green Bay. I think this signing signals to me that Corey Davis is going to go to Green Bay. There was that report that Green Bay was interested in trading for him. I think it was this past year. Um, they could maybe move Elijah Moore, but given that Elijah Moore uh, told Matt LaFleur's brother to go F himself, I have a feeling it'll be Corey Davis. Uh, and so I love bringing in Lazard to swap him out for Corey Davis. Like you said – He's more durable. I think the biggest thing that he's going to bring that Corey Davis uh, didn't was that size. I mean, the Jets haven't had a receiver that could box out corners uh, like Lazard can, probably since Brandon Marshall in in 2015 and 2016. Uh, I think, yeah, assuming you have a guy like Rodgers, I mean, being able to have – they already have the chemistry on those back shoulder fades. Uh, His size is going to be crucial in the red zone. I think that uh, is really where he's going to be doing a lot of his work because, like you said, look, is he a guy who's going to – rack up a, d- a bunch of receptions and a bunch of yards, probably not most games, but when you get inside the twenties, that's a type of receiver that uh, I think is, is, you know, could go for eight to 10 to 12 touchdowns uh, this season. I don't think this signing would happen under Michael floor. I think this signals a bit of a, a philosophical switch in how they are going to run their offense. Cause LaFleur liked those smaller shiftier uh, receivers, uh, emphasis on on route running and getting open and not that the offense is too different but you know he clearly didn't like what Mims is bringing to the table who's a similar player to Lazard obviously Lazard is, is a lot better but in terms of a physical big bodied receiver who you know isn't going to create a ton of separation but can high point balls and um, you know could be a nightmare in the red zone obviously Mims did not develop at all under the floor I know people are sick of hearing about Denzel Mims but when you look at the Jets uh, receiving depth chart I would imagine Mims is going to be on this team. I would imagine he's going to be Lazard's backup. So there's a good chance you're going to see him on the field. And as as annoying as his career has been and frustrating as, as it's been thus far, I think a new system and having a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, there's a good chance a guy like Mims could, could have a good season. But regardless, I think this signing signals to me uh, some differences uh, in their offense this year. Um, you know, you saw how he used – uh, how Hackett used Lazard in Green Bay. You saw how he tried to use Sutton last year in Denver. I like the Jets having a big-bodied receiver, uh, and it's just something I felt like they, they've they missed, uh, they've lacked. They've just felt like a small team the last few years, and I like that they're getting some size uh, on the perimeter. Uh, and I think he just complements their, their unit uh, quite nicely uh, with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. So those are the two additions. Obviously, we'll still be talking about them, but those are the two additions. Now, I think the next thing we could talk about is Rodgers' wish list that, that came out. I guess that was the other report from Diana Rossini saying the Jets not only is, uh, you know, did he want the Jets to bring in Alan Lazard, 
He wants to bring in Randall Cobb. He wants to bring in Mercedes Lewis. You're tweeting about your Michael Finley and Donald Driver. That was a joke for anybody who didn't get it. But uh, the one big name on that tweet that I, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't want OBJ. I don't know if he's a if he's a great fit for um, uh, uh, plenty of reasons we can get into. But first, what were your thoughts on that uh, on that wish list that that came out? I know uh, the Jets were getting poked. Made fun of for whatever reason. I guess they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Um, do you think uh, is it the Re- Rogers uh, reunion party in Florham Park uh, this season? Do you think they're going to bring in some of these guys? Well, I think um, the first thing I thought when I saw it was I did view it as a positive sign in terms of the development of the deal because when I saw that I thought, okay, if you know he's already giving requests of which players he wants, that's probably a good sign in terms of where this thing is going. So that's the main thing I took away, but the players themselves, um, I think Cobb would be decent as the fourth receiver kind of filling in what Barrios was, uh, not in, in terms of being the same kind of player, because I don't think Cobb is nearly as fast as Barrios, uh, was for the jets at 32 years old, but, um, he is very good hands. He's, you know, he still drops very few passes. It's a solid route runner. I mean, he was, he was good in his role last year for the Packers. So I think he could be a, you know, good backup slot fourth receiver. Um, Lewis, that one was kind of puzzling to see. I don't know yeah. where he'd fit on this team with the Jets already having three tight ends who are very much locked into this depth chart. Um, Conklin and Uzama are not getting traded after they just got restructured into having you know, very player friendly deals I, I now. Guess, I guess Rucker could be moved, maybe. And Rucker, I guess you could trade him, but he showed not. potential at the end of last season. You just drafted him in the third round. We're going to trade him to get Mercedes Lewis in here. Yeah. So uh, I don't really know where he'd fit in. That one's weird. But um, yeah. Beckham, obviously, that's a big one. Look, I'll be honest. If they get Odell Beckham, I'm going to come on here and we're going to be all excited. We're going to be hyped all offseason and I'll root for him and back him up and see all the optimism and potential ceiling uh, that comes with adding a guy who has shown as high of a ceiling as he has in his career. So I'm not going to lie and say it wouldn't be exciting to get him, but right now, while we're still in our logical state before he is a New York jet, this is not a move they should make. It doesn't make sense because, you know, he's 32 years old at this point. He's coming off of his second ACL tear and before that he already was showing signs of pretty rapid decline I mean he did have a very good playoff run with the Rams in 2021 but in that regular season he was only catching three passes a game for 38 yards and the season before that 46 yards a game so it it hasn't been since 2019 that he had a thousand yards in a season so look every player is a price if you could get him at an affordable deal that's reasonable for you know, the health risks, the age. Um, uh, he's also not 32. He's 30, but he'll be 31 this year. So just correcting that. But, uh, but yeah, with all those things, the age, the injury risks, the production decline, the locker room, and what might happen in there, there's a lot of red flags here that right. come with the ceiling. So if you could get him for a price that makes sense, considering all of that, absolutely. I think that applies to any player. Uh, there's a price for everyone. But uh, with some of the numbers being thrown around, I mean, I think Diana Rossini was saying in that 15 plus, maybe even yeah. close to 20 range. And like, that does not make sense for this player. Yeah. I, I like the jets 
getting aggressive and it's they're very much going all in for this year but you just don't want to get reckless at a certain point and it's like yeah 15 to 20 million a year for a guy who look i I think he really only fits if you're moving elijah moore because otherwise i don't really is elijah moore your fourth receiver it doesn't really make too much sense so if they're if they're moving elijah moore and they're moving Corey davis I, I could get behind it, but I, I would rather just keep Elijah Moore for a few reasons. But yeah, like you said, I mean, age, durability, what type of impact would he have on, on the young receivers in your locker room? Look, I don't know OBJ, obviously, but uh, I think he's had a few incidents over the last few I, years. I did that see that. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but Snacks Harrison on Twitter responded to some fan who called him a diva, and he said, absolutely not. Well, or something like that. So he was backing him he up. He would know better. I get, he, played, I, he played with them on the Giants. That's true. Look, he's exciting. Like you said, if he's on the team, obviously we'll be excited. But it's just it just doesn't seem like one of those moves. The Jets are already strapped for cash, and they're going to throw 15 to $20 million a year at a diva receiver who's 30 years old, who's coming off multiple uh, knee injuries. And I think part of the reason you like that you bring in Rodgers is that he's going to elevate the talent around him. And it's not like he's surrounded by a bunch of bu- – it's like you already right, have that, That's Wilson, another big part of this. In- I mean – yeah, go ahead. One of the, the big reasons we thought that Rodgers was potentially going to come here was the Jets had the pieces in place to, you know, supplement him potentially competing for a Super Bowl and to have an improved supporting cast over the Packers team. So it doesn't make sense to me that you would have to, okay, let's get Rodgers, but we also have to bring in 20 different skill position weapons here. The, the Jets have pieces in place. Like, if you want to get Lazard, great. You know, one familiar guy, he could, you know, wash out Corey Davis in terms of the cap. And, you know, kind of fill a similar role. So that makes sense. But um, beyond that, it's like, give Elijah Moore a chance to cook. We all saw his film last year. We saw how good he could be, uh, you know, if he has a quarterback that gets him the ball with the separation he was creating. And he's a cheap, cost-controlled player who you have under contract versus Odell Beckham, who could, you know, you could be paying him in two years to be sitting on the bench again with another injury or just being washed up and not being – nearly as good as he used to be. So uh, this one does not make a lot of sense to me, yeah. but uh, there's upside for sure. Apparently he looked good at his workout for whatever yeah. that's worth. Uh, I saw again, a clip. He did look good, and, but you know, he did look good. He did. Zach uh, Wilson looked good at his workout. So, right. Everyone looks good in shorts as they say. So um, not, not me. That, that, I, I don't not know. Not with these skinny I mean, calves. I've, I've been working on, my legs recently. You've been so hitting the I'm, leg day I'm, after after Mackay Becton's inspirational posts every day. Mackay Becton's inspirational posts have got me going, so I've I've been working on it. So ho- hopefully, it I look good in shorts as well <laughs> uh, going forward. I, I, here's what I would say about Elijah. Obviously, disappointing year last year, but I like you said, if you watch the film at all, you can see the type of player he is. The year before that, you clearly saw the flashes. I mean, to the point in training camp where all the beat reporters, I don't know how much you can read into it, but beat reporters are talking about Elijah Moore is the best player at practice. This guy's a future star. This guy's a number one receiver. They start last year, he's playing X, and then they move him to slot mid-year. I think you give him, first of all, he gets a reset. He gets a fresh start, new offensive coordinator, new system. He's going to go in as the slot. He has a whole summer to prepare as a slot. And then, yeah, he has a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing in the ball. And guys like Garrett Wilson will take attention away from him. Guys like Alan Lazar will take attention away from him. I think Elijah Moore is in store for a big year. And like you said, he's on that rookie deal. Uh, And, you know, with all the moves the Jets are making, with all the money they're pushing around, with Elijah Moore's blow up last year, 
is more a guy who's here in three years? Probably not. You know, it's possible if he goes off and, you know, the Jets resign him, whatever. If, if I'm making a, you know, gut call right now, uh, I don't think Elijah Moore is on the team for much longer. But, you know, you play him this year. He is a, tr- you know, if he has a tremendous year, if he has the type of year that I think he's going to have with Aaron Rodgers and puts up the numbers that I think he will, you could turn around next offseason and flip him for a second round pick or trade him uh, and recoup, you know, good value with him. I wouldn't sell him while his value is low. If he has to be included in the deal to get Rodgers, that's one thing. I would much rather give up Corey Davis. I love the the fit and the balance between Lazard and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Um, if he has to be included, that's one thing. But otherwise, I'm keeping Elijah Moore. I'm buying Elijah Moore stock right now because I really think he's going to have a great year. Even if you're, even if he's not in your future plans, you can sell him at a at a higher price next year, in my opinion, because uh, I think he's going to go off. So. Uh, with that being said, though, there are a few other Jets. We, we touched on Corey Davis, who's likely out of here. We touched on Elijah Moore, who hopefully isn't out of here. Jordan Whitehead, probably out of here. Bar, you know, we, I got to see what we have to see what the Jets do at safety. Uh, Carl Lawson, you know, we haven't seen anything uh, with Carl. No restructure. No, he hasn't been released. It's possible he's included in this deal for Rodgers, maybe. Uh, what do you, what do you think's happening there? I know, I know the Jets are trying to bring back Sheldon Rankins at defensive tackle. I think, you know, it, it'll be tough to be, to pay paying both Lawson and Rankins. The fact that Lawson's contract hasn't been restructured makes me think he's not willing to take a pay cut. I could be wrong. Uh, so what, what's your gut feeling on Lawson as, as we head into the official start of a free agency? Well, I guess it will be interesting to see what happens because you could obviously cut him. You could restructure him in terms of you know not restructure just take a pay cut it would be since this is the final year of his deal um i don't know it's a very curious decision i guess it depends on how confident they are in the young guys on the roster stepping up and taking his place because you know he had a i would say somewhat disappointing year but he also was a competent, solid starter who and coming off of a devastating injury, right? He had coming to get off the injury, another surgery on in December, and uh, you know he did the thing he has that I think is questionable for the younger players is that he did play both phases pretty well. I think his run defense, uh, I was skeptical of it before I went back and rewatched the film from the season, but um, after I went back and kind of watched all the run defense film from the season, he was more solid than I thought. He's he's not great or anything, but he was. He was okay, and obviously pass rushing, he brought that to the table. Probably average, above average. So he can do both. So he is able to start because he can do that versus the other guys in the roster. You know, Bryce Huff, obviously there are questions with his run defense. Does the team trust him there? And then Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens are great run stuffers, but they still have some pass rushing progress to make. So that's the question. Do they think any of those guys – um, could step up and be a starter in Lawson's role, or would they rather hedge their bets and try to get Lawson back on a slightly lower number and just have him around for more depth, more talent on that defensive line? Or do you just hand over the keys to the young guys and take all the savings you can get for Lawson? So um, at this point, you know, Whitehead's still out there, so we got to see what happens with him as well. But they restructured a lot of guys who they plan on keeping. Um, you know, Conklin, Reed, Uzama, Tomlinson. So a lot of restructures in there for uh, those players on multi-year deals that they know are going to stay. But in terms of the pay cut for these contract year guys, uh, that still seems TBD. Yeah, I mean, they're pushing 
and I guess this brings us to, to my next point. I mean, they're pushing more money down the, the line. I mean, they're taking the guaranteed money and and pushing it into, for, you know, for guys like Tomlinson, who I think we were hoping to get out of that deal. I mean, I th- they still obviously can. Guys like Uzama and Conklin, they're moving that money down the line. You know, do you think there's a is there a part of you that that's scared that how how all in they're going for this year? You know, I, I, just knowing the Jets, knowing how it could blow up in their face. But I mean, I can't lie; it's exciting. This is a team that has the longest playoff drought in the NFL. This is the first time they're going to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And look, you know, we have to see how they fill out the rest of the roster. But there's an argument to be made. Outside of the 49ers, there's not a better roster in the NFL. As crazy as that might be to say, I mean, maybe the Eagles, but they've lost some guys and both the coordinators. But as crazy as it is to say, we have to see how they fill it out. But if they get in Rodgers and they, you know, patch up free safety and center and, and whatnot, this is a, a fantastic roster. But there's the fear that if it if they lose in the playoffs, are we going to be sitting here next offseason and, you know, maybe be, you know, ruining how – much money they were pushing forward into the into these future years. I mean, how, how do you feel about that? Do you how do you feel about the Jets going all in on this year um, and and pushing money uh, on some of those guys that we talked about down the line? Well, I think if you get Aaron Rodgers, then it makes sense to you know take this approach because if you get him, it's all about twenty twenty three and you know hopefully twenty twenty four. I think you'd like to get two years out of him, but um, you know if you get Rodgers. The future is out the window for now. You have to get the most out of that short-term window. So if, again, assuming he comes in, it would be, I think, the right move to make that approach and do everything you can to maximize the present-day roster. And, you know, in terms of the restructures and, you know, whether the cap is real and all that stuff, I think there has to be a balance to it when you're looking at it because on one hand, yes, I think there is – a dimension of this to where, you know, the cap isn't entirely restrictive as it may seem because, I mean, look at the Saints. This team has been (laughs) pushing money back for years and we keep saying, oh, they're going to pay for it one day that they're going to, it's going to catch up to them. But here they are. They just went and gave Derek Carr a hundred million dollars. So there's always ways, right. There's always a way to work around and and the TV contracts and that, you know, that is in play as well, consistently upping the money. So, there's always ways to work around it, but at the same time, I think it is reasonable to say there are some ramifications and consequences. <laughs> so it's definitely not a video game to where you could just go wild, do whatever you want. It's not baseball with no salary cap. There is some degree of consequence to it, so you don't want to be too out of hand. But at the same time, I think a lot of teams are showing that it is something you, that can be worked around. So uh if you if you're a team with a short term window like the Jets are potentially looking at becoming, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we could have some um, a resolution on that <laughs> at, at finally. But um, assuming that's what the Jets are doing, they're a short term window team, and I think it would be okay to push some of that money back to you know make sure you can sign the free agents you want to sign to plug those holes you have that are holding you back from being a Super Bowl caliber team. Um, to get Rodgers in here and get the people he wants. So um, I'm okay with it if they could get him. I guess let's talk about some of the guys they did miss out on and how they might be able to rebound. We were talking about Jimmy Ward and Jake Brendel as two guys, two former Niners that we thought the Jets could bring in at free safety and center. Uh, Both those guys went elsewhere 
And it leaves the Jets in an interesting spot here. Uh, the center market is, is dried up considerably. There's still Ben Jones out there who's overlapped with uh, Keith Carter and Todd Downing in Tennessee. I think he's probably their top option at center unless they look towards the draft. At free safety, there's a few guys, not necessarily sure who makes the most sense because I feel like Ward was probably the best fit. It sounds like the Jets were probably interested in both those guys. I mean, it, the report came out that they even offered Brendel more money to, to come to New York, but he chose San Francisco. Uh, what do the Jets do? How do they pivot at those at those two spots? I mean, I, specifically at offensive line, because as exciting as this all these moves are, and we're talking about OBJ and all these weapons the Jets have, you know, you have 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers back there. You can't have him taking that many hits a game. They have to have a, a competent offensive line in front of him. And right now there's two massive holes on that offensive line and two players coming off of major injuries. So it's that's a bit of a concern. Uh, who are some of the best remaining options and some of the guys that you think they should pivot to after losing out on on guys like Ward and Brendel? I mean, to be honest, it is kind of hard to find some appealing options at these positions right now. I, I don't think either of those positions had strong classes coming in. I, I mean, center did have some good options at the top, but they're mostly off the board now. Um, and free safety was one of the weaker positions, I think. And Jimmy Ward was probably the best fit and he's off off the board right now so um i mean looking at center there are a couple of ways they could go at this point ben jones longtime titan center he's a veteran i believe he's 32 years old um concussion issues had some concussion issues i think he failed his physical so there he's 33 um plenty of red flags there that you know we've experienced already with guys like ryan khalil coming late in their career at center but um he did play very well still last season. Uh, he was a pro bowler. He's been one of the top producing centers for quite a long time. Uh, so, and he, I, I, the main reason I'm bringing him up is because he has the connection to right. Todd Downing and Keith Carter. So uh, there's that connection and he's a solid player if they want to. And, you know, we're talking about a win now team. So maybe a guy like that is appealing for both the team and player. Um, he hasn't won a ring yet. So maybe he's appealed for playing with Rodgers and the Jets. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Rich Samini brought up Graham Glasgow from the Broncos. So Nathaniel Hackett connection. Um, I think from looking at some of his numbers and what some people are saying, he's maybe uh, average, below average kind of starting center. He also has guard versatility, uh, which is Joe Douglas has valued versatility in the past. Um, So that's a nice bonus. But um, I don't think he's as good as Jones, assuming Jones would be playing at the level he has, but that's not guaranteed because he's older and had injury questions last year. So, uh, yeah, there were a lot of good center options. There was Garrett Bradbury, uh, Ethan Pochick from the Browns, uh, and Bradley Bozeman from the Panthers, and they all resigned. And it the, the numbers were not outrageous. They, I think, all three of those guys were six million a year for three years, which is lower compared to what centers have usually been getting. I mean, McGovern signed for 327 in 2020, so 9 million a year. Um, and then Jake Brendel was my favorite target. We brought him up. He resigned with the Niners for uh, four years, 20 million. And apparently the Jets offered him more, so they did try. Um, I guess you can't fault them for that. He took less money to go back. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's Ben Jones, Graham Glasgow, or maybe Connor McGovern return is still on the table, but I mean, the fact that they went 
apparently aggressive for Brendel leads you to believe that they're probably looking to move on from McGovern, but uh, they are sort of running short on options here. And the, the prices on the market suggest that maybe they can get McGovern back for a number that you'd be happy with. I have another option for you. How about Isaac Sayamalu? The guard from Philadelphia, however, he played center in college. He's shown some versatility. Uh, Jason Kelsey's returning to Philadelphia, and they, they have Cam Jurgens, so not sure they're going to be able to bring him back. He could be pricey, but this is a Pro Bowl alternate guard. He gives you some flexibility in the draft because maybe you draft a center. You could play Samalu at right guard. You could play ABT at tackle. Uh, or, you know, if if the draft fold, unfolds differently and, and you draft a tackle – you know, I'm not sure his comfort level at center, but he was, I think he was, he went to Oregon State. And so he was like the first, I have to look at his, his thing again, but I think he was the, the first true freshman to start at center in a long time. And, you know, he, he was successful, obviously went to the NFL. He's had a good career. I think that's an option they, they could explore um, because he's the type of guy they can sign and it just keeps their options open um, for the draft. They're certainly going to have to go hard at, at O-line uh, in the draft. Joe Douglas will certainly earn his, his scouting chops. But what do you think about that idea? And not even, you know, maybe they do add a center, but just in, in general, the idea of, look, the tackle market, pretty thin. The center market at this point is pretty thin. I know we have AVT and we have Lake and Tomlinson, but AVT is incredibly versatile. Why don't we go and pay some money to another guard and that you know, we can either bump AVT out to tackle or we can move this guy into center. Do you like that idea? Do you think the Jets have the money to do it? I mean, how do you feel about it? I think that's an interesting outside-the-box idea. I mean, there is the Joe Douglas connection. He was there with the Eagles when they drafted Sayamalo, and he's he has played some center snaps in the NFL, only a few, um, 34 snaps at center in his NFL career. So, you know, that's... Very little. It's nothing to go off of, but at least he has played it, so it's it is on the table. Um, so I guess that's an outside the box option if they want to get creative. Um, I guess the more interesting thing is, um, in terms of AVT and how they're going to improve this offensive line, will they maybe consider signing a guard in free agency and moving him to tackle because right. there aren't aren't really any good tackles out there at this point. Um, and any, any any of the top tackles are probably going to be too expensive, but there are some guards you could think about. Um, so maybe they assign Sayamalo as a guard and put um, AVT right tackle. So that's interesting. Right. Uh, there's Dalton Reisner is out there, another uh, Bronco with the Hackett connection. So um, that's something that's on the table. If they really want to, if they're very focused on, we got to get more talent for this O line. That is uh, probably the best avenue for doing that prior to the draft i yeah i think that that is the only way that they could sign somebody that would legitimately improve this starting five i do trust joe douglas to sign some guys at the bottom of uh, of the barrel in the coming weeks to to fill out the depth of the offensive line you know somebody like cam fleming uh you know to just sure up uh you know the backup spots just because there's uncertainty with Becton and mitchell both coming off of injuries Dwayne brown is coming off an injury and he's damn near 40 years old so they're going to have to improve the depth. But if you're looking at trying to bring in somebody to shore up a, a spot, improve this starting five, I think Sayamalu is, is their best bet. I'm, I'm curious to see what his numbers are. But I would, if, if I had to guess, if I was a betting man, I would say the Jets are are in on him. And I, I would rather they use that money on a, on a guard than OBJ. You know, I think that's yes. kind of circling back to the earlier point. Um, all right. I guess a few other things before we get out of here. Obviously, once the Rodgers deal is, is announced, um, we'll – 
come back on here and, and do another one, talk about the compensation and any other moves the Jets make. Uh, who are some of the guys you want, though? I mean, I, I know we, we briefly touched on some of the guys uh, for offensive line, but is there anybody you have your eye on that you do hope the Jets really target and, and sign? Uh, I know you were talking to me beforehand. You, you really hope the Jets bring back Rankins as well. I mean, just your outlook as, as we head into the official start of, of free agency and what Joe Douglas should do. Well, I, I definitely like Rankins back, and I do understand there are some risks here. He definitely could get paid because if there's one position in this market that we've seen make some big money, it's definitely defensive tackle. I mean, they've been getting paid. Even, you know, guys in Rankins tier, you know, solid starters, average starters are getting, you know, eight-figure deals per year. So uh, it's an inexpensive market. He could get a nice contract, but... I mean, you look at the Jets' picture of defensive tackle. You have Quinn Williams, but he's pretty much it right now. So if you don't resign Rankins, it's a very thin position. And, you know, you hope that uh, at that point the Jets' scouting could come through and find some unheralded value talent to put in there, whether that's through the draft or value for agent signings. But um, having a second quality starter next to Quinnen last year is very valuable. The fact that Rankins was, you know, a good two-way player last year made that starting D-line formidable against both the run and the pass. And then when those two guys subbed out and the backups were in, you saw how bad things could get at times, especially against the run, uh, when you don't have two guys out there who could play both phases. And the risk, of course, is, you know, in his first season, Rankins wasn't that player. He was disappointing in that 2021 year, and he turned it on for the contract season. That does make you worried. Will that happen again going forward? Um, you know, was that just one year to get the contract, and then you're going to get another disappointing season next year? That's a legitimate concern. But, um, uh, yeah, I would definitely like to see him back, but obviously if it gets out of hand, you would understand that, the Jets are going to have to pass on it and find a way to replace him. But uh, it, it's an underrated weakness on the roster, the defensive tackle talent after Quinn and Williams. So I think bringing Rankins back would be pretty useful. Uh, what about safety? I know we, we touched on it for a second, but you know, is, is anybody some Adrian Amos, John Johnson, Taylor Rapp, is anybody drawing your interest or do you think that they can go into the draft? without signing another safety, you know, is, is it possible in your eyes that could, they could keep Whitehead? It just for his $10 million cap it and the seven millions in savings you'd get, it just seems like they could, they could move on, especially it seems like him and Clark are maybe too similar. Um, do you think they have to sign a safety? Yeah, it's tough because it just doesn't look good. And already, like I said, already didn't look very strong coming in. I thought Ward was the guy he's off uh, the board right now. So Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Go all in? <laughs> You'd love it, but I mean, I guess we're going all in. Why not? But um, where do they get this money from? I don't know. That well, I knew <laughs> I do know that going into next year, they should get they should be able to re- recoup a lot of this money from selling the throwback jerseys they're gonna unveil yeah. this oh, year. Okay. But that, yeah. That's a conversation for the end of the podcast. But um, yeah, I guess if you want to go all in, why not? But realistically speaking, they probably won't get Chauncey Gardner Johnson. But um. I don't know. There are guys like Juan Thornhill who started for the Chiefs the last few years, but he's really not very good. I haven't seen rave reviews for him from Chiefs writers and fans. Um, and then 
you mentioned Taylor Rapp. He's he's a good strong strong safety. I liked him if the you know the Jets were going to go after that in free agency, but they already got Clark. Julian Love is also a good player, but another box safety. So in terms of looking for free safeties out there, it's Amos. Amos is there, but he's had a very rough last couple of years. I think I saw that he gave up 12 touchdowns over the last two years, so that's not <laughs> ideal. Um, he's good yeah, before it's, that. It's, it's slim picking, so, but, so maybe it's Tony Adams' season. I mean, this is a guy who was an undrafted free agent last year, made the team, played throughout the season, was starting by the end of the year, and looked very good in those two games he played. Only two games, but did look strong so it would um, allow it would allow them to spend elsewhere if they want to bring in a say Amalu or they yeah want to bring and, back and that's the thing like you as much as you want to plug holes even as a win now team it it is difficult to solve everything you do have to compromise and pick your spots where you have to go in and say all right we're gonna have to develop some talent here we're gonna have to try to rely on our coaching to get someone to overperform at this position compared to what we invested into them. And I think the free safety spot is the way things are shaking out right now is a candidate to be that. And it's probably out of all the positions, probably the best one for this team because of the corners that they have, you know, that it is a position you can maybe go cheaper on because look, when you got DJ Reed, sauce Gardner, and Michael Carter, the second your safety play and especially free safety play might not be as important. I like you said, I like Tony Adams as well. Um, If they're going all in, you know, I still think they should probably add another body, and that's where a guy like Amos could make sense. Um, but regardless, I think I think you're right. I think unless they go for the big fish and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, obviously there's still the draft, I think they probably sign somebody like Amos who can then compete with, with Tony Adams in training camp, and that would make sense. Uh, all right, last thing. Uh, any any final predictions? Obviously, we're going to have another pod that comes out as soon as this compensation gets done, and so uh, maybe there'll be some other moves that, that we can talk about, but it's the start of free agency. Uh, our Ward and Brendel predictions didn't come true, although we were right about the Jets being in on Brendel. So there's that. Uh, who, who are some? You have any predictions for us? Any on on the signings that the Jets will will make in the next coming days? Uh, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. nothing. Ben, okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll say. I'll say they're All gonna right. sign Ben Jones. Okay. Actually, That's a good one. No. I'm going back. Walking on it back. I'm going back. I'm going back. Sorry. Sam Malu. Why not? Okay. Why not stick to my guns? Ben Jones is the obvious one. Ben Jones is the one that every other Jets podcaster will be talking is, about. Is he are, probably are they signing him to play center or guard? I think they're just signing him and we'll see what happens in the draft. Uh, okay. Obviously, I haven't done too much work on the draft, but if I know there's what's his name? I'm spacing. Can you help me out here? The, the center from Minnesota everybody's talking about. Oh, I'm not the one to ask okay, for that. Okay, all right. <laughs> we haven't gotten into the draft stuff yet. <laughs> I'm still trying uh, to see if Aaron Rodgers is going to be my quarterback. That's I can't true. Can't focus on the draft yet. <laughs> I think that they could sign somebody like that, uh, like Sam Malu, and then it really just depends on the draft. You know, if they draft a tackle at 13, maybe they're playing him at center. Uh, if the tackles are gone, they trade down. They could take a center and play ABT at tackle. Uh, I just think out of all the offensive linemen, he's the best one there. He has the familiarity with Joe Douglas. I think that that makes some sense. You um, don't think there's, in terms of him playing center, a little bit of risk, you know, going for Aaron Rodgers and you want the guy snapping him the ball to be someone who never played it in the NFL as a starter? Well, he has some snaps there. He did it as a true freshman at Oregon State. They could still draft a center behind him. Yeah, I'd still pay him. I still, I think, yeah, I think, I think they ideally, uh, 
would maybe be drafting a center and playing ABT at tackle, maybe? I don't know. I just think, who else can they sign on this offensive line that, that'll improve it? I mean, I, obviously, when you have nobody... You I'll go with Ben Jones holes. in my predictions. I All think right, yeah, now you're going to make predictions. Okay, F you. Uh, <laughs> this, is why, this is why Jets Reddit hates you, Michael. Should we get into that? Should we get into the drama? I don't think we have to. I think we, I think we should address it. If we're, if we're, can we address it for a few minutes? Can I explain it and then you tell me if I'm wrong on anything? All right. For anybody who did, I don't think you did anything wrong here, but I do understand why Jets Reddit is pissed, and I think they will never forgive you. But there's a guy on Reddit who had been posting for, for the past year uh, some Jet scoops, some, just some you know under the radar stuff. Uh, I, I'm not on Jets Reddit ever. Michael sometimes looks at it, but I didn't know who this guy was. Two days ago or whatever, he posted on Reddit that the Jets and Rogers deal was done. Michael sees it. Michael sends it to me and says, look, I don't ever, uh, would never trust anybody on Reddit. But then he, he started to send me screenshots to be like, look, this guy called Cager. This guy called uh, Max Mitchell, this Miles Austin suspension. He called Sam Darnold to San Francisco. Look at this guy's track record. He's batting a thousand. He's clearly plugged in somewhere. Jets to Rogers is done. We've been refreshing Twitter every five seconds. We've been tweeting every 10 minutes. You posted on Twitter. You say, hey, there's this guy on Jets Reddit who says Jets, Jets Rogers is done. I normally wouldn't care, but look at his track record. Uh, and then I, you, you brought too much heat on him because you have you know a, a good following on Twitter. Uh, and so he deleted his account. <laughs> he didn't like that. And then everybody on Jets Reddit was pissed because they had their source that they all knew about who was posting, you know, giving him information. But once, you know, the famous Michael Nanio with his 30,000 Twitter followers uh, brought it to, to the, the rest of the world, he didn't like the heat, he deleted his account, and now Jets Reddit uh, will never forgive you for ruining an actual good source uh, on Reddit. So is there anything you'd like to say to, to Jets Reddit to try to patch uh, this relationship? I, I, you know, I see both sides of it. I understand why they're mad. I also see what you're doing. You did delete the tweet in like eight minutes, by the way. Um, I, that's the, I said, that was the first thing I said to you. I was like, I wonder if he's not going to like that you're, that you're posting this, but at the same time, it's like, he's posting on a public forum. Like, you know, it's not like he was already getting talked about in the NFL subreddits. I don't know, but you were basically trending on jet Twitter and Reddit for about a few hours there. I was worried about you. Well, I mean, first of all, I would like to say, I do apologize to whoever's account that is. That was never my intention to, um, you know, have any negative consequences there. I wasn't really thinking of what the potential impact of that might have been. It was just, you know, we were all desperate for Rogers news and looking to cling on to any piece of hope we can get that it would, would happen. And, you know, I saw that and I figured, you know, this is pretty confidence inspiring. I think other fans would enjoy to see this as well to improve their confidence of the deal potentially happening. So that's all the thought process was really. So I uh, do apologize to whoever's account uh, that may have been for sure. But, um, <laughs> you know, for me, like I was just, I do look at Reddit sometimes and uh, I, I would I'm recommend, very... I would recommend you don't for the next few days. I have not. I have not. Okay. Um, I, I did peek at it. There was some, I had an idea of maybe we should read out some of the meanest <laughs> Reddit posts, but you know what? I, I won't subject you to that. <laughs> they were getting pretty nasty on there. Uh, but yeah, like I don't look at it very often, but I have, I was looking at it the past few days because again, like Rogers news going on, just trying to get any piece of confidence we can get. And I was looking through the threads there. I think it was like a post about Zerline resigning. And I just saw all the people in the, re the replies touting this one guy. They're like, 
you know, he's nailed everything. He's five for five so far, this free agency. And, you know, I was like, all right, he can't be that good. And then there was one comment. He said he was replying to someone else. He said, look at my track record, click on my account or something like that. So I did. And I looked through it and I was like, there's some very specific stuff in here that's being nailed. Like, you know, Lawrence Cager starting in 13 personnel against the Ravens. And I was like, I think this is pretty interesting and cool. So I figured well, and it's not like his, it's not like he doxed it. him. It's like his username didn't give away who he was. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really just meant to like credit him because I thought it was impressive work. I wasn't really thinking of the ramifications, but uh, but yeah, that was an interesting saga, yeah. to say the least. Well, yeah, I don't think uh, someone uh, made a wanted poster of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jets Reddit will be forgiving you anytime soon. I, I see their side of things because if I was on Jets Reddit, I'm like, this is awesome. I basically have an inside source here who's just giving us free information. And then here comes Michael Nania with his 30,000 Twitter followers and blows up the spot. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if he's if he's a mole in, in Joe Douglas's building, maybe it's a good thing you, you smoked him out. Um, I guess I guess that's it for now. Obviously, we're going to have another pod coming out here, hopefully, hopefully soon. Hopefully, uh, the Rodgers deal gets announced by the time you're listening to this, that you know the compensation, and then we'll have another pod in the feed talking about it. Um, with that said, though, I think we can, we can wrap it up there. Uh, you can follow us at CYJ Pod on Twitter. Myself, Ben W. Blessington, Michael, Michael underscore Nania. Go to JetsXFactor.com, best place to go for Jets content. Uh, also, uh, if you can't subscribe to the Jets X Factor YouTube, we post all the podcasts there. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes helps out the pod a ton. I think that's it. Michael, last thoughts? Well, I mean, I alluded to it earlier, so I guess we should get into it. What do we think about the uniforms for next oh season? Every, I proposed the plan, and this was not entirely my plan. I think we cooperated on this, but yes. Um, I think next season they should make the black jerseys the home primaries. And the reason for this is they didn't wear green last year anyway. They wore one time the whole season. So get that green jersey out of here. (laughs) Introduce green throwback jerseys. Make that the alternate. Wear those the maximum allow total of three times. And that's your green jersey. Three games of that. Black at home white on the road and you could even wear white at home sometimes as well. Um, yeah. but I think that's the plan. Bring in throwbacks, green throwbacks, um, the eighties logo. Yeah. Eighties logo. I think I'm thinking the eighties. So, 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 so you're getting rid of the, uh, the black helmet then. So you're saying wear the green helmet with the black shirt. Cause although, I mean, I guess you, what you could do is you could keep the black helmet. Well, I, I don't know. I, I guess you, you could uh, take the green helmet and take off the Do face alternate mask. helmets have to be with the alternate uniform? I don't, I don't know, man. Or are those separate? <laughs> because then you could like have three alternate helmet games separate from the alternate uniform. I think you only get one. You get two helmets. Games. This is getting too... I can't, I can't track all this in my head. You get two <laughs> helmets. <laughs> you get two helmets and you get one alternate jersey you can wear three times a year. I agree with you. You can make the black jerseys the home primary. I think you just have the green helmet with those, though. And you could wear it with uh, green pants or white pants. Or what are we fucking talking about? Jesus Christ. Right. I think <laughs> I don't really like the black helmets personally. I, I like the black jerseys better with the green I'm, helmet. I'm going to agree so with you, actually. I agree. I, I think it just better. Keep the, get rid of the black helmet. Keep the green helmet. And then when you go throwbacks, like I mean, you could make an alternate helmet if you want with like maybe a matte paint uh, or a different shade of green to make it right. look more accurate to those old uniforms but 
Even or if you, you don't want to do that, you could just put, like you said, the put a sticker on the green helmet and a white face with mask. a different logo and a white face mask. That I mean, it would look weird with that green chrome helmet. So I think you do kind of. Need I think a the only one. I think the only thing that would preclude them from doing this because they did allude to bringing back '80s throwbacks when they announced the black helmet. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure they're going to go back to the '80s logo pretty next year. That's the 2024 is the first year they can change the uniforms. Right. Uh, I mean, also look, that's a key point to remember here. It has to be five years before you can do a full uniform change. So it did it in 2019. Can't do it till uh, 2024. So if you're a fan hoping for a full on uniform overhaul this off this off season, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But they they could bring in throwbacks this off season. So, so that's why I had the plan, or watch we them, had the plan of just uh, getting those throwbacks in there. Here's, here's here's my prediction of what's going to happen. The Jets are going to submit their request to the league office this offseason to change the uniforms, right? Then the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl this year with Aaron Rodgers, but then they're going to change the uniforms back to the 80s logo. They'll go back to sucking, and then all the Jets fans who hate these current uniforms will be nostalgic for the current uniforms that they won the Super Bowl in. How do you like that theory? Yes, I think, I think that will definitely <laughs> happen. Winning is what makes jerseys look good. Like I'm sure Patriots fans are nostalgic for those Brady era jerseys, yeah. but those are objectively not very good, but no. they're just associated with winning. So they have that uh, mystique attached right. to them. Let's get out of here. This the the uniform. I'm talking about the mystique of Patriots jerseys. Yes. Oh my God. There's three people listening at this point. At 11:48 yeah. p.m. <laughs> okay. Let's. <laughs> this week's taking a toll on us. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, have a great week. As I said, we'll be back maybe in a few hours, maybe in a day. We'll see. Very anxious to see this uh, compensation on Rodgers. Last thing, I know. Uh, prediction on the compensation. Uh, Corey Davis, second round pick and third round pick. Third round pick this year or future? Uh, third round or next year, second okay. round this year. We, okay. There's one more thing we have to go over. Pat McAfee show. What do you think he's going to say? How do you think it's going to go down? I think uh, I why. Well, I think he's either going to announce that he's going to the Jets or it will break before then, but I think he'll be confirming that he'll be the Jets quarterback. Um, it's possible that he'll go on and be like, uh, you know, I'm going to be the Jets quarterback. The deal's not done yet, whatever. Uh, he doesn't know the, the compensation. Maybe we won't know the compensation, but I, I think tomorrow. I can't see him talking about the compensation. No, no uh, yeah, I don't think. I'm just saying by the time he's on, maybe yeah. we won't know the compensation, but he'll say, yeah, I'm going to be the Jets I'm quarterback. just very afraid he's going to go on there and be like, well, you know, I'm still kind of thinking about it or oh, things are still being worked out, like some non-answer. I no. fear that. But at the same time, why would he go on there at this time no. to say that? No, he's confirming what everybody knows. He's going to be the Jets quarterback. It'll, you know, it's going to be glorious. This is the it- most anticipated stream, YouTube stream of all time. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it. Oh, man, I can't wait. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and watch three hours of Aaron Rodgers highlights now before I go to bed. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Not yet. I've been refraining. All right, I'll wait. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Go Jets.